Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 412 on Tuesday, the 13th of July, 2021. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week, we'll be thinking about moving the podcast into the legal section of podcast charts. Stellantis gets all charged up with a surge of corporate speak. And Alan has been out the house for a day. But more about that later. First, a tiny bit of follow-up. And this is proper follow-up where I found out that we first mentioned this in episode 248, My Turn with the Shovel, which was published on the 9th of April 2019. So there you go. There's some revision for you if you want to go back and re-listen to that. But gee. The EU has now finally come to a decision on how much it's going to fine BMW and Volkswagen over um, being part of an emissions cartel since the 90s. Of course, this also included Daimler, but because they were the whistleblower, they get away scot-free. Yes, that doesn't seem very fair, does it, really? No. No, but at least one half of that, the the other two, Hmm. seems to be doing all right, even though that they were the centre of a massive storm in the industry anyway. Yes. And when you look at the levels of the fines compared to the profits they've made, it's an inconvenience at best. It's small fry compared to Volkswagen in the US, for example. Yes. To take a hypothetical, well, not hypothetical, an example people are familiar with. Volkswagen and BMW have been fined €875 million for their part of restricting competition in emissions cleaning for uh, new diesel passenger cars from the 90s moving forward. This also includes Audi and Porsche. Uh, Like I say, Mm -hmm. Daimler were involved in this as well, but they, they went and told Teacher... Uh, so they, the EU obviously really quite unhappy about uh, such things under their antitrust rules. They want competition and innovation to help clean up the air, to make vehicles cleaner and everything. So this was actually holding it back because they had the technology to be much cleaner than the regulations required them to be at the time. Yes. It's another case of we've hit the target you've given us, not another target that wasn't wasn't explained. No, because they know that the, the next target will come out, and if they show that they're too good too soon, then the target will just be worse. It, it's kind of what happens. Exactly. It's it's the challenge of these kinds of targets. It, it's just what happens. And to be honest, if you look at it from one angle, yeah, they should have been cleaner. If you look at it from the other angle, if it costs them more, then they are failing in their fiduciary duty to their shareholders. By doing too much, really, too much too soon, which is a horrible, horrible dichotomy. There should have been incentives, though. If they, if I, I feel they that if they put incentives, said right, that's that's your minimum. But if you can get to this level or this level, then incentives are you hmm. get kickbacks from the EU or or something happens from the, yes. that makes it advantageous to make to take that step to be better. Basically, yeah. we've got here's your standard, here's your voluntary standard. Yeah, it's the it's the stick and carrot at the same time hmm. for me. From from this distance, yeah. it's easy to say, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's easy to say with the, the, wonder, the wonders of 2020 hindsight as well. Yep. Anyway, take us to new news. New news. Uh, yes, Stellantis had a big announcement and an, an EV day last week. It must have been last week, because it's only Tuesday this week. And they they made many, many announcements uh, during the day about what they're they're going to do so but the latest one in the manufacturer will be all electric by date uh, you can insert <laughs> voxel and 
end of 2028. Yes. To do that, Stellantis will be investing more than $30 billion or £21.8 billion in electrification software technology by the end of 2025, and will be offering EV models from all of its 14 brands and investing in five battery factories. Just just before you go any further, uh, congratulations yeah. to James Atwood for following through on his own rant about battery factories and only calling them battery factories. <laughs> Yes, yes, I noticed. So, uh, yeah, I noticed SMMT that that uh, that Mike Hawes had had used the term gigafactory. He said we need battery factories, so we need these gigafactories, which actually was the correct context in which to use it because of the volumes and stuff. So he used it, and I went, oh, no. and then I thought, no, actually, that makes sense in that context. That's correct use. Okay. But Alan, what amused me is because obviously this was talking about all the Stellantis brands, mm. and there is a second link in the show notes where all of the brands now have an electrification approach, which is quoted after the brand. Now, Alan, uh, are we really going to go? I'm not going to go through all of them, but there are some pretty choice ones in there. Yeah, and there's also an interesting one. This, by the way, list of the week. <laughs> Yes, Do follow this doors. because we're a bit jumbled up and we're doing stuff in a different order and it's a different format this week. This is your list of the week are the Stellantis uh, mission statements. Mm. So if I said the statement, green is the new cool, which of the brands really leaps to mind straight away for you? Well, you say that referencing a Vauxhall and Opal, but I say it's only green when it's green for all. <laughs> ah, but I'd like... I'd like to move around and have the art of travel magnified. Yes. Yes, I'm sure you would. Many things you'd like magnified. Uh, you can go to this. Uh, the, the list here uh, is in the Motor One tweet. I saw it on uh, Jalopnik as well. Yes. The, but, we've not even chosen the silliest ones, I don't think, to, no. to be completely honest. But the one that is very interesting for me, and hopefully mm-hmm. hints at their future is the Lancia one that says the most elegant way to protect the planet. Yes. That implies to me very nice design. It is. And it doesn't, it, well, it doesn't necessarily imply the Epsilon. No. And you know what? I think that that's one of the best ones there. There's, there are a couple of decent ones. I mean, so it's it's really easy to laugh at these things. It's very hard to write them. And you should ask whether you should. <laughs> well, there is that too. Yes, yes. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> the the two that I like best actually are that Lancia one and also the Jeep Zero Emission Freedom, uh, which I think are, are quite good. The some of the others are just. I love with commercial vehicles. They just basically went. Nope, can't be bothered making anything up. Uh, have a have a look at it though, just partly for a laugh, but also because some of them you think, okay. I can sort of see how that's tied in. I can sort of see how that tie- ties in, and others are just a bit lame. So, yeah, right. I am going to take us back to court, back to Germany, uh, and this is the news that there is a class action lawsuit filed against uh, Mercedes Benz over their OM six five one diesel engine, which is uh, in the GLC and GLK models. And they are saying that because there's been numerous recall, the reason for the numerous recalls by the uh, German Motor Transport Authority mm-hmm. is due to impermissible disconnection devices. And along with diesel emission manipulation devices identified by the VZBV, mm-hmm. which is the organization taking Mercedes to court, 
which I'm not. I even actually at, thought at, you were going to tell me what what that stood for, and and I was about to be really impressed. But no, no, no keep going. No, <laughs> um, but they also say that there was a thermal switch involved, which altered the filtering of the exhaust emissions depending on various factors, uh, including ambient temperature, which meant that the which is another device which means it would pass the test, but wouldn't be used on the road. But so now again, now, all this, that, right? We have yeah. to say is previously. That in that when Dieselgate came out, that wasn't part of the E rules that it didn't say you can't have yeah. these devices. Now the new Euro six onwards mm. all say there is no devices that mean that you just pass the test and then when it changes when it gets on the road. That's clear. Yeah. So but Mercedes haven't actually been charged over that by the German Transport Federation. No. So where's the loss to a customer that means that the customer has um, requires people. compensation? They're Sorry, am I being because, too literal? Because here? of the emissions they are kicking out. Again, as with all these class actions, I'm sorry, it's, it's ambulance chasing. I, I just don't, I don't see it. I well, just it's don't, going to be very just interesting don't get it. if the court says yes, these devices are actually being used because it means that the transport federation will have to step in and go right then. Mercedes, we are doing you for that because you've been found to be using these things. Ugh, it's all getting which then means more recalls, which then, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, which then opens up to other class actions in other countries. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, enough court, please. Yeah, I just don't. I, I'm sorry. Yes, please. Shall we move on? Yeah. Yeah, big news last week. It had been muttered for a while that uh, that Volkswagen was going to be offloading brands. It has sort of offloaded Bugatti. Uh, in theory, it's been in, in theory, in practice, it's been taken over by Rimac, the the Croatian EV company, headed up by by Mate Rimac, obviously, uh, which makes its own supercars to showcase its technologies and licenses its te- technologies to many people. Whilst Rimac have taken it over, what they've actually done is they have formed a new joint venture called Bugatti Rimac. Uh, which is a joint venture between themselves and Volkswagen Group, particularly including Porsche, which has its own special place in Volkswagen Group because it's still not quite Volkswagen Group uh, and owns the majority stake in Bugatti. It's a kind of sort of three-way tie-up job, really. Yeah, because doesn't Porsche own a big chunk of Rimac as well? Just to yes, make this further that's complicated. Thing, I didn't get the chance to double check what the figures were, but I've got a vague feeling it's something like twenty five percent of Rimac is owned by Porsche. It's quite significant. It's been part of the the sort of technology swap back and forth, yeah, uh, and things with Rimac. There's been forging some really quite close ties with with Volkswagen Group and, and with Porsche in this. If uh, it's not a massive surprise uh, from that point of view, no. The the fact that it's it it's gone as far as to actually name it Bugatti Rimac is is quite serious, but it shows. I mean, Rimac really really at, at the forefront of ultra high performance electric vehicles mm. and electric supercars, and Bugatti at pretty much at the forefront of high performance supercars. So it makes a lot well, they're of sort sense. of beyond hypercar, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But- I don't want to start using terms like ultra car. Maybe it's a giga car. Do you think it's a giga car? No. No, stop. Are you sure? Not, if it's over a thousand yet, horsepower. Because they, haven't actually, over a, they haven't put any batteries in. <laughs> no. It would have to be over a million horsepower, really, wouldn't it? Yeah. It'd be a giga car. <laughs> it's only a matter it's of be time a mega before car. some. Yeah, it could be a mega car. The trouble is, you already get mega cars. 
their little um XEM Mega, the little the little tiny sort of <laughs> little tiny truck thing. Yeah, well, that's out of sarcasm, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, in this slightly different news show, I think that's the end of the first part. It is. Yes, it's Guilt Minute, the quick break in the show where we ask for a tad of financial support to keep the lights on and the hosting running. If you feel the motoring podcast worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We also have a small range of merchandise available from our website and spring store from stickers to mugs and t-shirts. If you don't have any spare cash, and we completely understand if that's the case, then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all of that, and some of you do, so thanks as always, then the last thing you can do is to recommend us to your friends or colleagues. Right, a different second half, because Alan went to a place with people and many cars. I did. If you're wondering why I'm a little bit croakier than normal tonight, it is because I think I've spoken to more people in the course of today than I have in the last six months put together. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of catching up. So today was the Society of Motor and Manufacturing and Traders test day, drive day? Yes, test day. For 2021, and it's the first time there's been one for, fifth, well, it's 15 months late, essentially. So it's been, it's over it was the October. The one I went to was the last one, I think. Yeah, the October the October one was, but then the main one at Millbrook was was normally in uh, it normally in May. So that's sort of two Mays plus a few years uh, plus a few months. Mm. So yes, lots of us were, were keen to all be outside in rough vicinity of each other and many cars. There were there were a lot of cars there. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about the the cars that I that I had a shotty of uh today. Uh, just briefly, just to, to sort of cover them, uh, really, because that's what we're going to do. Lots of talking, uh, lots of catching up with people, both journalisty people and also uh, people in the industry. Uh, and it also gives a great chance to drive new stuff that maybe we and meet new people that maybe we haven't uh, haven't worked with before. Yep. Yeah. Should we begin at the beginning then? Yes. Roughly in the order that I drove them. Uh, I was keen to try a, a bunch of stuff. And one of the joys of the SMMT days, you can drive drive everything. And, and I've driven everything from a taxi to a Taycan in the course of today. So I started off with uh, with an LEVC taxi. Excellent. They had the VN5, the van, uh, there as well. But I had the choice of van or taxi. And, well, you know, it's something for the bucket list, really, isn't it? I've driven a taxi. <laughs> Which was an interesting experience. It's very strange, actually. So, of course, they're a uh, three-cylinder petrol engine uh, range extender, something like 60 miles of electric range, and mostly just by default generally runs on battery. Unless you want to switch it up, you can mix it around a bit. So I just left it on standard as it is. But it's curious because, in actual fact, it's very car-like to drive. If you've not been in one of the, the one of the latest generation of of taxis in in London or wherever you are, and there's plenty around Corby here, then it does not ride like a donkey cart. It drives a lot like a car, so it's very car like. But you're also sitting quite upright, and that's what gives you the hint of being in a commercial vehicle. And then you look down, you see you've got essentially a, a Volvo steering wheel because, of course, it's part of it's part of Geely. Uh, mm-hmm. Geely Group, uh, LEVC is part of Geely, so you you have that, and it's not leather wrapped and all that stuff. It is durable, sort of 
plasticky, plastic rimmed, which isn't slagging it, by the way. That's just a statement of fact more than anything else. Mm. Volvo touchscreen, Volvo dials, Volvo um, start-stop knob thing, and gear selector. And one of the things that I made, what that I was so impressed by was actually how easy it was to position, because it's quite a wide vehicle. So mm. it really pushed it out and it made the mirrors narrow to make sure that it fits within the the prescribed box, essentially, that, that TFL allows you to, to uh, allows it to work within. And, well, that's exactly the case, you see. Interesting thing to drive, a very pleasant thing to drive. And again, you can position it so easily because this, the glass house is very tall. The corners are very uh, are, are very pronounced and very square. Uh, and the level of kit's pretty pretty good too. So just generally a nice thing to drive. Very, very smooth. A fantastic driver's seat, which basically has been... It's it's a curious combination because the driver's seat is super multi-adjustable. Multi it's as if it's been lifted out, out of a truck. And that's a good thing, by the way. Mm. If you've ever been driver's seat of a modern of a modern HGV, then uh, it's been lifted out. Of that all the adjustments for everything are there, and then you've got that, but in this in this very car like vehicle to drive, but 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 sitting up high like a bus, uh, like a like a van. Curious mix of all those different things. Really interesting to to drive and to 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 try. Can you see that translating into the camper van that we discussed? recently perfectly yeah that just lends itself so well does it everything about but why, it. why would you not and the, of course the floor is well no i mean it, it looks it, stuff, so. it looks like it's it would be but now having driven one it's a no-brainer yeah. type thing oh I, well it was a no-brainer it was, it was a no-brainer anyway for me but yes absolutely and into the van variant even more so than the camper of course mm-hmm. so yeah as total no-brainer and that must be an i i I'd be amazed if there's going to be a better van for driving around and doing inner city deliveries in than the than, than the van version of this. Do you think they'll make the next step to make like a you know the family van stroke MPB no. thing? No. Why would you do that? No, they because that's competing against Volvo at that point, I suppose. You're competing against too many other van drive uh, things, and also the proportions are just wrong. Okay. As it stands, the proportions are wrong. Uh, I don't know. They've got a very adaptable factory, I believe. It uses Lotus-style extruded aluminium and stuff, so you can easily change the length and stuff. I don't know how easily you'll be able to change the width and things. Proportions are wrong for a family car. Okay. So what did you go into next, then? Oh, do you know what this is? This next one is one of my favourite cars of the day. Oh, okay. It was the Fiat 500e. Isn't that the car that was never, ever, ever, ever going to happen, according to the demi-cardigan god that was? Let us listen to the spinning... <laughs> It's taking place. There's a small whirr from somewhere in Italy. Yes. Yes, and it is. But it's a different 500e from that one at that time that was sold in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, electric Fiat 500. Curious thing about this, by the way, which I learned today, is that it is actually built in Turin. It's not built in Poland with the rest of the Fiat 500s. Oh, right. It's built in the same factory as the uh, Maserati Levante. There you go. There's your nerd fact for the night. So future-proofing the home country factories. A little bit, I guess. But it's if you're going to learn how to make these things, then you might as well do it at home, and then you can spread it out the way yeah. for that kind of stuff. Loads of detail differences over the standard Fiat 500, stuff like uh, the door handles. You sort of adjust a little slot where you put your hand in and you press it. You know, in the, this kind of robbery, just touch switch. Mm-hmm. much in the same way as you do with the, the boot of many cars nowadays okay yeah things like this one was the active so this was the basic 
basic level one, and it was, I think it came in at £22,000. Let me just check. Uh, yeah, it came £22,995. This one was ocean green, which is £600. A really nice bluey-greeny colour. Mm-hmm. The, the lady from Fiat was telling me that, that it looks great, but photographers hate it because it's a different colour in every shot <laughs> from every angle. Yeah, but at least it gives them something proper to moan about for a change. Well, yes. Well, photographers are very good at that, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> Uh, but this one is so cool because it, it doesn't even have doesn't have a touchscreen doesn't have any screen with it. There's a volume control and and some stuff. It's expected that everything runs from your phone in this okay. basic model. So you, there's there's a little there is a phone holder. There's a USB socket beside it, so you only need like a six inch cable or whatever. And then there's USB sockets further down if you want to charge other devices and and connect other devices in as well. So it's it's so it's minimum viable EV that you can then plug your, your your phone into to get all your navigation to get all that stuff mm-hmm. uh, as well which is which was which is super funky change gear by pushing a the button there's a, the dials are all, all digital actually it's electric door release Ooh. from the inside what, what could possibly go wrong in an italian car uh, with a large it. manual one further down should you need to but there is a button <laughs> so you can press it to open it but it's lovely detail things like the little rubber inserts uh the one the ones in the door handles if you look in the bottom of it it's got an outline of an original thank you Sento in there and and just says fiat 500 and then the rubber mat in the middle on the dashboard has the an outline of the kind of historic skyline of of turin and stuff it's it's really cool lots of nice detail things lovely car and of course because it's it's so small it doesn't have it's not massively heavy it's nippy as heck what's the what was the uh wltp range do you happen to know that no, I don't. Because this will be one of those I, I, city EVs that we see, like the Honda E, won't it? I I think so. You know, we're yes. having to make new for the, for the EVs at the moment. We're having to make new segments to to bracket well, we are, them in. Yeah, and, and but I think it's to be honest. If I lived in the city and and uh, or, or needed something for for nipping around, this is this is fantastic for that. If I wasn't doing long journeys. But it was nice. It, oh, I mean, the steering was incredibly light, but it was so zippy. It's not 62 and nine and a half seconds. Top speed of 84, which is plenty. That's 130 kilometers an hour. So it can do national speed limit and stuff. But just really nice little thing. No, I, By the way, for all of these things, there's a couple of EVs. No idea of the range or anything. Remember, I only had 15, 20 minutes with them. Okay. So, yeah, not not a lot of time uh, no to get into them. Lots of lots of fun stuff. Really like that. That was one of my favourite cars of the day. So are we putting that on the list for future to try for longer. I would like to. Yes, yes, I would actually. Um, I think it's one of these ones you could quite easily plug it in at home and it will be ready by the morning. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and very for nipping around. Liked it a lot. And that one, little fifteen-inch wheels, loads of sidewall, relatively comfy as well, given its given its size. Cool, excellent. Right, what did you go into next then? Next, I tried the Cupra Formento plug-in hybrid version. Now, obviously, this year, by the way, because of the COVIDs, then people didn't really have spec sheets, and lots of them are going to be emailed out tomorrow. A little bit awkward, given we're recording tonight. So I have minimal in- information on some of these. So it's a plug-in hybrid Cupra Fermenta, quite a high-spec one. It was a nice thing, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Cupra Fermenta, it's... It's much more like a junior Alfa Romeo Stelvio. That's the closest thing I can think of to that. Oh, okay. Is it's they have a slightly, done well, then. Yeah, it's a more mod. It's a more modern 
even more car-biased Stelvio. It's far closer to something like an Audi Allroad than it is to an Audi Q5, okay. Q3 or whatever. It's a jacked-up estate car. Let's, let's not put... And with some cladding. We like cladding. It's ticking many boxes, Alan. <laughs> it is, actually. It really is. And you know what? Stuff like the copper accents inside, all of that kind of thing, were really quite nice. I've always thought that that was done well. It's not it's, too overblown. I've just thought it's a nice... Particularly when it invariably it it's on dark grey. And yeah. it just sets it off nicely. It's a nice it's, lifting. It's done nicely. It really is. And that's something I can say quite a lot about this. Well, there are a number of reasons I wanted to try this, one of which was to go, hello, to 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 say who had been in touch about this. And I was meant to be at the launch, which got, you know, rescheduled and then cancelled and everything because of lockdowns. I'd been meant to drive, drive this months and months ago. Lots of good things in that. One thing I was keen to try in that was, of course, the infotainment and screen in the middle, because the MQ... Is that MQ? Yeah. Th- that platform and its software has been getting quite a lot of... It's been talked about quite a lot mm-hmm. for not being the slickest in the world. I gave a good poke through the menus because I was interested in trying that because people do whinge about it. And you know what? Worked just fine. Okay. It, it seemed to work just fine. In this one, uh, I could slip back and forth. I didn't feel there was a delay. I moved, I, you know, I could change settings and they changed and straight away and that kind of stuff. Even the sort of touchy bits at the bottom to make it hotter or colder and things. Nice big landing area for your finger. Just changed up, changed down, whatever. It, it It's an it just worked moment. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe it was just me. I know there have been a number of updates recently. It worked, guys. Had no reason to complain about it at all. And that was one of my reasons for trying. It was because I wanted to surreptitiously have a good old poke at that just to see what people were on about. Mm-hmm. Right, so next then. Uh, yeah, next on the list, I don't think it was next to drive, to be honest, was in Mercedes-Benz EQC 404 Matic. It's quite an electric and SUV theme to the day. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was quite an electric and SUV theme to the day. It was very hard not to drive electric and SUV with a couple of exceptions but lots of hybrid lots of plug-in hybrid lots of evs uh, there today and quite a few suvs which means lots of choice for us consumers it does it does i mean some of them sort of almost barely, finally fa- barely but... fit a slice of paper between them to be perfectly honest but yeah hmm. so anyway mercedes-benz eqc 400 i know very little about this other than it, it must have been to high spec because it had the really cool my back style wheels that you really never want to own or have to clean yourself the super fussy ones that were black here like, we go looked actually this one because it was dark dark gray i think that the eqc is the sweet point the sweet spot of uh the sort of mercedes uh, suvs and actually quite a lot of Mercedes styling at the minute, I think it looked really, really smart. It's the kind of vehicle you could turn up almost anywhere in, certainly anywhere, quite fancy well, anyway. funny you should mention that. When I was away recently, uh, when we had the, the Tucson for a week, mm. I pulled into a Tesco, and there was two of these in their electric charging bay, one of the, mm. in two of the electric charging bays. One was sparkling clean. Mm-hmm. almost like it's come off the show. And the one next to it looked like it had lived in a farmer's field, That, but it was just dust. It was dust. Uh-huh. And, and then the bloke came as I was getting out, opened the boot, and the seats were fat, flat, and there was just junk thrown in, 
and I was looking at two extremes. One was clearly like a, a yeah. the account manager for something, and the other one was this car has to work. <laughs> this yeah. has to do a work, and uh, that just backs up exactly what you're saying. And, and no, it, it's it's actually a good looking thing, and we haven't said that about Mercedes for for a while. For, I think yes, for quite a while. Um, <laughs> it, it, it is. It's it's actually a handsome thing, and. The level of finish in this one, I mean, this one had the sort of slightly suede thing uh, underneath the, the the windows on the in, in the inside the top panel of the door uh, was 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 suede. The seats, obviously, all, all leather and heated and blah blah blah. All, all the gear you would expect to be thrown at at that. And uh, but I noticed that despite having been hoofed around by motoring journalists for a quarter of a battery load, it was still showing 150 miles left. Oh wow. Okay. That having been hoofed around the hill, the, the hill route. So I think there's going to be a fair old range in that battery. And to be honest, if I had to sit and go long journeys and long journeys, it would be a blooming good place to sit. Mm. Okay. Um, you know, with a relatively affordable monthly and whatever else, um, it would be it would be quite a good place to sit. Just just nice, upright, family oriented as well. Um. So you know you could you could do a lot of things in that car. I think um, very, very successfully. I don't know if I would spec one up to the spec that that one was. <laughs> As in Burmeister alone normally adds over a grand yeah, uh, yeah. in options. Um, but not only does it sound good, the the speaker covers looked lovely too, uh, and it was it was it was a smart thing. Uh, all the toys thrown at it. There should be a little short video. There'll be a short video on some of these, by the way, so you can actually see what I'm talking about. Uh, not all of them, um, and they might be a little bit shaky too. Oops. No worries. Right, take us to something that is uh, almost identical. No, it's really not. not identical anyway. No. Mini Cooper John Cooper Works GP. So this isn't just a Mini Cooper. This isn't just a Mini Cooper JCW. This is the one with all the sticky on y bits that look like somebody's stuck stuff on it and the massive spoiler and the very sticky tires and the lack of back seats and the ruddy great piece of scaffolding behind the front seats, which are almost race buckets. Um, and that whenever you start it and you press the little toggle at the bottom of the central binnacle, it goes bram, pop, 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 pop before you've even moved. Oh, and God. this is this is a bit of me. This giggling. Thing. Oh, I <laughs> loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was probably was this more fun than the five hundred e? Yes, yes. Strictly different speaking, reasons. yes, it was. But it was a different kind of fun. This sounds a lot like the sort of stuff you've done to johnny the yaris it's funny you should say that because my next line the line i put when i was speaking to johnny co-owner earlier on is if johnny the yaris was a production car then this is the car that johnny the yaris would be like it was a lot like it, the the feeling was similar put it that way mm-hmm Put it that way. You're sitting very low in a car where you should sit a bit higher. The steering, you turn it and you go around the corner very just all of a sudden. <laughs> I Where the speed limit changed from the 30 or whatever it is, generally around Millbrook to 55, I just nailed it the first time. I, oh, it's a, it's, now I'm not sure if it's auto or DCT, but it's, it's two pedal anyway. And right. I just mashed the throttle to just see what would happen. And I lost traction. And these are Hankook near... I mean, they're not they're not 
semi-slicks, but they're almost semi-slicks. Okay. You could look at them and see how sticky they were, if that... <laughs> that sticky. Okay. Genuinely, genuinely, you could. They were like, yeah, okay, you've, you've, you've carved some treads into a, into, into a track tire here. I have no idea what the longevity of these is going to be. If you make 2,000 miles, then you'll probably be doing quite well on those, and I really wouldn't want to drive on them in the snow. That was flipping hilarious. Absolutely great. And the usual funky, brilliant interior, yeah, design. all circles and all that, and all that kind Switches of stuff. A little and... flat panel. I mean, all the stuff you needed. So the speedo and stuff isn't in the middle in a mini anymore. It's okay. on a little flat panel TFT phablet thing that's stuck behind the steering wheel. It's cool. I liked. It. I didn't play. I didn't have time to sort of experiment and find out if there were modes and all this kind of stuff. But basically, it had two bits of drain pipe poking out the back for the. Back it was <laughs> no I, I think it looks a bit silly with all the, the stuff stuck on the outside but from the inside it's flipping amazing but if you're going to have something that ridiculous should it not look silly as well i'm not really sure i can comment on this and be in a position to actually make fun of anyone else given my car has great big stickers down the side of it yeah but it does the silly and then there's the silly and then there's these it would be if they were just kind of sticky out arches that would be silly would these you like a more muted big... version for for you yeah Visually i wouldn't want muted. the sort of panels on the over the wheel arches and on the quarter panels those extra bonus panels with the slat behind them that are all aero and stuff okay. I, I would do without those i'd just have arch extensions and that would do me I, i'm fine with the i'm fine with the roof spoiler i'm fine with the bright red bits around the grill love them all the big gp on the fantastic the decals great i just don't really like the panel bits they look like something you know part of the delivery disguise has been taken off it's like so but otherwise what a great thing to drive fantastic drive you nuts i'm sure uh in in normal everyday driving apart from the fact it is two pedals so maybe it's great in cities mm. Mm. okay right so what was, what's up next then uh up next i went to so uh people Regular listeners will have heard uh, recent reviews of the Ford Fiesta ST line and the Ford Focus ST line X. And they will have heard me grumbling about the mild hybrid drivetrain and the fact that manual but you couldn't just let it cruise it would always be either doing engine braking regen or you were having to accelerate and it was just a bit wearing and annoying. So I wanted to try one of Ford's plug-in hybrid drivetrains, because I'd heard that they were really good. So I went off and I tried the Ford Cougar ST-Line plug-in hybrid EV with its uh, two-and-a-half-litre petrol engine plus, the plus, plus obviously, the, the, the plug-in hybridiness that, that goes along with the name, really. And I was right to do so. This okay. was a lovely thing to drive. It was just a nice, smooth plug-in hybrid. It was just well suited to, to, to what it's for, really. It's got CVT uh, for starters, only front-wheel drive, not, not all-wheel drive, but just cruised around the place. It's 225 metric horses, which is certainly nippy enough, Not to 62 in 9.2 seconds, so just as quick as a Fiat 500e. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah, it was, it's nice. WLTP 47.1 miles miles per gallon by the way at the upper end so it should be should be pretty good the lower end's 33.6 so you should actually get better economy than the the focus or the fiesta okay and again 
it was the same spec as them essentially being <laughs> st line it was it was the same color as the focus i'd had it was just jacked up and just generally generally better i know it's more expensive but um but it was much more pleasant and my grumbles i think all the same clever stuff that you get in a focus you get uh, in this plus a bit more space and definitely not the drivetrain grumbles okay that I, that I made at the time so that's why i went to try that because i thought you know what i'm sure this is related to that that that, uh, that drivetrain and i spoke to another couple of people to make sure i i hadn't been being unfair on the mild hybrid Okay. That I wasn't the only person who'd felt that, and 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 I got that there was a a general consensus that I was that I was correct. So, okay, and lo, that is good. Right. Um, looking at the list, we're going to another sensible family vehicle. By the yeah, the day was getting on, and I was well. Actually, this was the first. Naturally, this was the first car I'd reserved in the morning because when you are offered the choice of a Porsche. And someone says, do you want the 4S or the Turbo? You take the Turbo, even when that Porsche is electric. So, yes, next out was the Taycan Turbo in black. They did have a spec sheet. Yes. Mm. £115,860 worth, plus 16000 and something worth of options coming in at £131,912. Okay. I might buy a lottery ticket this week. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Honestly, if... If the Taycan is a symbol of the electric future, let's all have the electric future now because it's like driving a UFO. Again, big range, big performance, super comfortable in the front, super comfortable. Just everything's so intuitive about it. That's the thing about it. You drive, change, you know, you, you you know how to use and drive this car. There's there's some things like you you know the power button. It's kind of cool because there's not a start stop button. There is a power button. And it has a power button symbol on it to turn it on and to, to turn it off. But then, you know, to, to choose whether you want to go forwards or backwards, then it's it's a little selector, much like you'd find in a in a 911. Again, it's a car that shrinks around it. Now, that might well be because the one I drove has the £1,650 worth of rear axle steering, including power steering plus, fitted as part of that pack because it just felt so much smaller than it actually was. Mm-hmm. One thing that surprised me about it, I was expecting it to be a hatchback. I didn't realize it's actually a saloon. Oh, so okay. and, Yeah, yeah. you see, I'd expected the whole back to lift up when I put my bag in. But no, just a little bit at the bottom did. Nice big boot, though. Massive undercroft. Mm-hmm. A very motoring prog. Oh, no, pardon me. I lie. There's a little undercroft. There is a big frunk. Oh, sorry, fruit. We're in the UK. It's a big fruit. <laughs> which you can easily put a, just a carry-on bag in itself. Loads of yeah. room in there, um, so just just lovely as you'd expect. Um, go stops. It's kind of nice because unlike the Panamera, which has that sort of essentially someone has chucked a bucket load of buttons at the center yeah. console bit that goes through. None of that. It's all quite neat. Uh, stuff in the screen. There are a couple of other controls around for, for for ventilation stuff. Just just a nice place to be. And yes, if I had the spare money, if I was the kind of person who spend that kind of money on a on a car or was able to spend that kind of money on a car then then it would it would definitely be on the list you could do worse you can see why it's, it's i think it's become porsche's best-selling model now there's certainly plenty around here i mean i even our grim northern town i, I can spot a regular half a dozen yeah you do you so, do see them about and they're not, they're an, they're they're a nice thing then they look good and yeah they go like they look, and you sit there, and you can see the arches over the front wheels are just there, so you know exactly where the wheels are, and you're mm. just 
you just kind of nestled down. Recognizably a Porsche. Yeah. 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 Lovely. 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 Nicest car of the day, obviously, by by a factor of <laughs> many. Mm. <laughs> so who did you go and see next then? I went off to see MG. We talk about MG on this podcast so often and their ridiculous numbers and uh, percentage increases in SMMT and, and, and their, their their increasing market share here in the UK uh, and the fact that they are very popular amongst a certain demographic. Uh, and I, I want to try that. So mm-hmm. I went, and this time I, I didn't try the MG5, which is the estate car. I tried the MG ZS EV, so the one that looks a lot like a Mazda CX-3, and or I mean, CX-30 now, a Mazda CX-30, and the electric version. Mm-hmm. And it, it, this this is a tricky one. I, I I liked it, knowing the pricing, I know all these things. So it's not the last word in refinement it's not the last word in tyrial quality and if you are you know a dashboard grappler and you're <laughs> at the top top of the dashboard then yeah you will poke about you'll tap on stuff and you go ah, those plastics aren't great but you're getting an electric family-sized suv for not a lot of money mm-hmm. with incredibly low you know, it's it's got a good reputation. It's sold around the world. It's a well-tried and tested vehicle, actually. Yeah. And you know what? It's perfectly nice. You're not going to be ripping up the Nürburgring with it. On the hill hill route, it was... It's not naturally adept at that. But on the other hand, neither did, well, neither was I driving it and thinking, oh, I'm going to die. Uh, or anything <laughs> like that. It was... It was nice. I, I liked it. I think that in, in real-life situations... I think that that there's, this is a car that's probably going to have quite a lot going for it. It's not going to be a motoring journalist choice ever, ever, ever. And there are other people who are going to say, well, it's an MG. It doesn't look like an MG. For me, an MG is a sports car. And that's fine. It's maybe not for them either. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I can see where it's where its place is. It's nice. It's not simple. It's not over. It's It's like a car. There you go. It's one of these ones. It's one of these times when I go, it's just like a car. It's like driving a car. There's not there's some tech, but not ridiculous tech. You know, you can change the region, you can do these kind of things. You do it from a flicky switch, not from flappy paddles, all these kind of things. And it just I think it's perfectly pleasant. It you know, obviously it could be better, but you look at that price and you think, actually, that's a darn good deal for that car. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's uh, I, I, it's a listener or somebody we both follow has got one of their as their family car. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it's the EV, and they're very happy with their yeah. mg people are people who bought them like them mm. yeah and 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 i can understand why well hopefully we get um to try out some more of uh, mg mm. stuff because like you say we have there was a certain amount of time we were mocking but then we did acknowledge that they were continuing to do a great job because it was going you know beyond the first year this was year on yeah. year stuff was growing and still growing at large percentages. And the dealer network's growing and, 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 and. And we're going to have to get used to that, that these Chinese brands, I know it's MG, but yes, it's SAIC, these Chinese brands are going to come and, you know, people used to laugh at at the Korean companies. Mm -hmm. Before that, people laughed at the Japanese companies. And, you know, I haven't driven it yet. I'm driving it it later this week. Uh, But there was an Ionic 5 there as as a static display. Blooming egg. Yeah, and it was, 
and you had to keep keep looking at it and go, that's a production car, not a not a, a <laughs> you know not not, not, not a concept car. And and we're going to have to. Um, there will you know the Chinese companies will will come. They will start selling in the UK. They, they, we will have to get used to it. Mm. Okay, so uh, wh- where did you round out your day of many many cars? It was yes, one, two, four, six, seven, eight, nine. No, nine, nine. I, I've did I did twelve one year. That was just silly. No, there yeah, was but lots we nearly of chat. Killed you on that that, that year. Yeah, 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 there was lots of chat and chat chat and stuff, and it was just. Yeah, my my brain was frazzled by the end of this. I didn't even stay till the end of the day. Uh, so, but I rounded off my driving for the day with a GR Supra, two mm-hmm. liter, with the so that's the four cylinder twin scroll turbo. Of course, you can get a three liter straight six as well. I don't know why you would need the three liter straight six. To be perfectly honest, because I forgot I was driving the two liter as I entered the high speed bowl and put my foot down relatively hard, but not all the way. And all of a sudden found myself at the 100 mile an hour speed limit. The thing, by the way, the thing about this was getting in. I did nut myself on the way into it. But the, twice I got, got in. It's a funny car, this, because it's like an MX-5 Plus. It's an MX-5 dialed up. This does sound, on paper, as though this is a perfect Allen car. There is a lot of Allen car about this. Mm. Yes. And, and it's one of those times. And do you know what? If somebody said you can have this or a GR Yaris, I might actually choose this. Okay. It's really cozy. There's a big boot. So lots of things that are annoying about an MX-5. Sadly, you obviously don't get the, the soft top. But there's a decent-sized boot. But the cabin is quite cozy. And when you get in, it's like putting on a crash helmet. Okay. You've got that double-bubble roof. And it's it's cozy and it's low. And it's a tight around you. It goes like stink frankly i mean there's practically nothing between this and the the the, the three liter in terms of performance the reason being that this engine is so much lighter Mm. and sits further back in the car so it's it's better positioned and there's lots of reasons why you really shouldn't buy the three liter uh, and you should stick with the two liter as well instead eight-speed auto you know so some people are going to go i wish you had a manual because you know they're that kind of person and there's not much you can do with that kind of person but yeah, forty-six grand's worth of car plus seven hundred ten pounds of premium metallic paint on this ice cream metallic one. Yeah, much niceness. I liked it. It was very nice thing to drive. Lots of just hunkered down. I, I love looking along. Bizarrely, given my car choices, I love looking along bonnets <laughs> with uh, and, and being able to see where the front wheels are. Says the man who has two cars where you just can't see past the front of the windscreen because there is no bonnet on the Yaris. To an awful lot, I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it. I wasn't really. Sh- I say that, but I don't really know what I was getting into, and I, I didn't know what it was going to be like when I got into it. Okay, so yes, yes, quite quite chuffed with that. And neither of us have driven one, and and now I know I like it. There we go. <laughs> thanks also by the way to to dave richards from toyota for deciding that my car had some bugs on the front of it and that he was going to this is obviously what happens when you buy a properly rare toyota is that the, the press office decide they're going to clean it for you you can have a valet service and he decided that actually the bug splats were too worn in for it to come off with the cleaning product he he had a, the toyota approved cleaning product he had to hand and he was definitely wasn't going to start scrubbing at it without me at least knowing he was going to be doing it <laughs> So, <laughs> so yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, good day. I'm 
shattered. Uh, it's, it's I'm kind of croaky. It's why this sounds like motoring podcast after dark uh, tonight. <laughs> so yes, lots of lots of stuff. Stuff for us to to follow up on as well. Follow up on build on now. Some of those there there will be some slightly shaky video in the early hobnot style. I think is the best way of putting it. I'll see what those have come out like properly and and see what i can do to try and stabilize stuff a bit um and and see how that goes and and put them out at some point in the next few weeks uh it's not going to be tomorrow i'm afraid no worries no worries i don't think anybody expects that that's that we have one last piece of and finally stroke new new car news andrew which is down against your name yes uh, and this is uh, an article that that says that there is a revolutionary new driverless car that requires zero functional technology to generate a profit. This is a fantastic article from The Onion. Anyone who's been following us, following autonomous driver assistant technology stuff, and certain brands... Or even some of these startup vaporware EV brands, which... I saw someone highlighted one where it was a it's actually a Nissan Frontier pickup truck, which somebody had base press picture, which somebody had changed to make into this 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 new brand EV brand, which is just <laughs> pathetic. But I mean, it's the Onion, and it is it is absolutely razor sharp. Well worth a couple of minutes of your time to click on it and just just read the read read the parody article. Great stuff. Yep, absolutely. Right, parish notes, quickly, before Alan falls asleep. Uh, We had a special edition out last Friday. Uh, I talked about a car. Uh, I had a car for a week after wearing Lexus down and then giving in in the hope I'd go away. Uh, So you can listen to me talk about the LC500H. Some of us have been trying for five and a half years, by the way, but (laughs) never mind. But also, it should be noted... Uh, that tomorrow night as we record this, so that will be Wednesday the 14th of July, as it is known in the real world, on BBC4 at 10 o'clock in the evening, there is a Storyville programme called Carlos Ghosn, The Last Flight. It's an hour and a half about everything that's gone on from the fall of Carlos at uh, Renault-Nissan Alliance. Either set your recording device to stun or it will be on the iPlayer, I honestly thought that Netflix would have had a movie out by now to be... Nah, <laughs> I suppose they've made... had to be delayed because the two chaps involved are busy waiting to be sentenced. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, but on, that, on the other hand, it's Japan, so you could be waiting some considerable period of time, according to all the various reports. Yes. They'll, they'll be sentenced to two years, but they'll have done it while <laughs> waiting. <laughs> exactly. So, no. Good stuff there. Uh, well worth listening to that special edition, by the way, if only because it's it's Andrew talking, not me for a change. <laughs> but I think that's us for this week, isn't it? It is, yes. Excellent. Well then, folks, don't forget between now and next week, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget about our Patreon offer available at motoringpodcast.com slash support, and please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best ways for people to get in touch with you? 
Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people want to give you maybe a day or two to recover, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you to ask more about the SMMT test day? Give me three days or so because I've got another event coming up later this week. <laughs> um, but the best way to get in touch is Twitter, of course, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-I-A-D-L-E-Y. Uh, we'll be back very soon. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.